Hello and welcome to Side Dish, a podcast about Longmont. All the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. I'm Eric Ozempa. And I'm Brady Steffel. All right. Well, welcome in, Brady. How are you doing? How was your weekend? Pretty good. See the weekend. Well, we, had, we had some nice days. Like it's just been, yeah, you're champing at the bit. Chomping, champing, champing at the bit. Champing, chomping. Champing. Yeah. Get yeah. out there. Get out there and enjoy it all. Um, but like everybody else, uh, you can only go, you can go so far until... Uh, there it is. You just see all kinds of people, and you got to start deviating. Your <laughs> <laughs> deviating, uh, deviating. Yeah, I'm to go to the other side of the street now. There's people all over the place. <laughs> well, I got to do a lot of weeding, so it was good. A lot of stuff I'd been putting off in my garden, so that was mm-hmm. pretty exciting. And uh, yeah, so I can honestly say, I, hopefully, I'll have a, a much better looking garden this time of year next year because of all the mitigation I'm doing to the weeds. But we'll see. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah. I, <laughs> feel that because i've uh been on dandelion patrol for the last week straight you think you got them all and you go out again you're like what <laughs> where do these keep coming from yeah uh, like three days in a row i was like i got them i got i got this thing licked <laughs> this one's in the bag now we're done uh yeah like just stuff you just do stuff that you just don't think you'd ever do the neighbors had a, a hole that they said used to be where like some water cut off or something was stored and it's, it's just like it was eight inches deep and like 12 inches, you know, sort of irregularly shaped. And it was just, just this, the little hole. And I'm like, you know what? I'm bored. I got nothing to do. I just took one shovel full of dirt up at a time, like a dozen shovelfuls or something. I filled in their little hole. And they're like, did you fill in the hole for us? Thanks, man. It's like, dude. It's, <laughs> this, is what, like, what, this is what it's come to. We're excited about filling really, the hole. Yeah. It's really what it's come to. And, uh, you know, like I'm out back. I'm getting the grass ready. I've been doing a lot of seeding. I'm like fencing off parts so the dogs can't get in there and coming up with these elaborate plans to keep the dogs from shredding the yard. Like that's, that's life around here these days. Um, you know, Kelsey and I are, we're doing fine. Uh, you, you let, you let your significant other have enough space throughout the day. So you want to hang out with them at the end of the day, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but ultimately yeah, everything's going pretty good. So good. Wonderful. Cat, but, cat. Okay. Yeah. You saw her before we started. No, She's no. uh she eats anything uh dog food plastic uh our clothes out of the hamper nice eats the clothes literally will eat holes like like a giant fat moth uh yeah ruined one of kelsey's sweatshirts this weekend have you are you feeding that cat you feeding that cat anything good or yeah we got her on a we got you can see i'll show you but next to the cat box i got an automatic cat feeder ah for the listeners yeah automatic cat feeder that's pretty cool so yeah, you can apparently record stuff on there, but I'm not going to, like, if I did, it would be very inappropriate. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, I saw an, uh, an advertisement. We have two cats and I saw an advertisement for a robot litter box. And I thought oh, that was the nice. coolest thing in the world. It was like this thing that they get into and it just moves the litter around. And so then all you have to do is just take it out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So you never have to clean the litter box. Moves the litter around. Sandy was excited about it, but then saw the price and thought that was ridiculous. I saw one that had like a rake that went through it automatically 20 years yeah. ago. And I was yeah. like, very cool. Want one, $300 hard pass. Yes. Yeah. $500 for this one. Yeah. <laughs> what? You see this? We're like, we're not talking about log on at all at this point. Have you seen the big cat wheels? Like the, the giant, they're like, I mean, six feet across. And you get no. into it. It's like, it's like a hamster no. wheel <laughs> built on a plastic. You snap it together like Legos. You set it up and you're catching it and running on it like a hamster would run on a hamster wheel. That's pretty cool. I yeah. like that idea. It's yeah. fun. Like my house is big enough to store a big piece of cat. Plus <laughs> <like that. laughs> she goes outside and just like eats grass and pukes in the backyard. Whatever. Yeah, so. that's where ours does too. Yeah. It's like, so. whatever. You're fine. Yeah. 
It's cool. So, hey, so you were out and about and you were doing some, uh, some looking around in town and yeah. kind of came across some, some either new developments or some things to be concerned about. And so uh, kind of want to start off with, with a development on 6th and Kaufman thereabouts, right uh, yeah, across yeah, yeah. the hub where the Boulder County offices are. Yeah, I didn't know it was called the hub until uh, I was talking to Kelsey and she said, yeah, they call that the hub. And it's like, well, yeah. that, that makes sense why the new one's called the spoke <laughs> across the street. And they, apparently they opened this up to uh, naming like a, 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 an online poll thing. Oh, so okay. people submitted ideas. And they yeah, they that. did. Yeah. And so they said, okay, let's call it the spoke on Kaufman. So it's across from the hub. So if you're on Kaufman Street, on 6th Street, 6th Street does not go all the way through to Maine. Yep. There's a little correct. loop there. It, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just want to validate that you're correct. Yeah. For our listeners, I validated that he's right. Sixth Street's the one that I live closest to, so I take it all the time. You, you bike down, and you can you can get through there on your bike, but you can't get through on your car. There's a little loop. There's a assisted care facility there, something along those lines, uh, to the north, but to the south, across from the hub, south of Sixth Street. There's just been a big empty. I guess it's been a parking lot. Is that right? Yep. And it's, it's been a parking lot. It yeah, it's been a parking lot for as long as I can remember. Yeah. And it was it's big. It's a lot of wasted space considering there's kind of a lot of parking already and you know like i don't ever think it was full yeah see number one i'll have to uh we should have talked to phil about this when we had him on last week as far as parking i don't know if he could have talked about parking but yeah some people back. contend that there's not enough parking other people contend that there's a lot of parking i'm probably in the latter camp where i think there's a lot of parking it yeah. just means that you might have to walk a little if you block a little but, like a little yeah <laughs> I can't stress how little you need to walk in this town if you want to park downtown. And then what other towns actually have free parking? Um, Not very many. So pretty cool that we still have free parking. I'll say if I go down to like Lucille's or I go down to um, some of the other places, like when we met at uh, La Vida Vela a couple times, I was able to park like directly, like the spot. Just like, (laughs) Eric, the parking in this town stinks. You see the whole spot down. <laughs> that's why it's that's why it stinks. People don't want to pull right up, right in front, and be right yeah. there, which no, would be awesome. But that doesn't happen all the time. So no, that's just, like yeah, like you go to Loose Seals, you have to park like 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 half a block away. Yeah, or a block away at the most. You go like north of the street that it's actually on. No big deal. Like that yeah. that to me is not a parking issue. Other people want to contend with it. Whatever. Um, everybody can have their opinion. That said, they're going to take this parking lot out and they're going to put in um, 73 units of, um, like, what is it? Like, I don't know, to be spare. Uh, it is workforce housing, is what it's technically called. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it's below market rate housing, yep. I think is one of the better ways to talk yep. about it. So, they're going to have 73 units of that uh, online uh, at actually Boulder County has better better nomenclature on their website than here because it's bouldercounty.org slash families slash housing slash development slash coffin and not just a string of gobbledygook that goes on beyond the end of your your bar so uh it's called the spoken coffee you can look it up they do have um a video that does sort of a fly-through thing and it looks very modern looks very cool uh it's a nice looking building um if they stick to that plan i assume at this point they're going to because they're going to break ground i guess in in a month and a half two months yeah it looks like they've already started kind of getting rid of the barricades over there and so mm-hmm. yeah i would guess it start and then just to the north of that the white building on what is that fifth and kaufman then okay the white building there's there's also plans for that too as well as it becoming like a more uh, modern business office space well and i mean we can finish up on the spoke here in a sec but 
we've went through and talked about how they're planning to update that entire corridor already, add bus lanes, use it more as a throughput, maybe try to pull some of the, the traffic off of uh, Main Street, that sort of thing. So there's an infrastructure idea here. It would make sense to have parking there. It, it will feed, I mean, 260 is a lot. So that gives a lot of uh, parking space for people who work on Main, uh, get a lot of the cars off the street that now that space is, I mean, let's be honest, it's wasted space. If you have cars just lining the street, you, yeah. could, you could turn that into a bus lane. You can turn that into multimodal use. So I think this is a nice way to get around it. It's all kind of happening together. So the spoke is a, uh, a public private, private partnership between Boulder County, the Boulder County uh, Housing Authority, BCHA, the Longmont Downtown Development Authority, LDDA, and a bunch of some other stuff. But it's going to be a mixed-use neighborhood um, of affordable homes plan for 518 is the address. So for families and individuals income below 60% or less of the area median income. So I, there's, I, I think, a need for that for us uh, yeah. moving forward. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's, there's always a need for housing. And it's just amazing when you look at all the planning and around the community. I mean, how many apartments and other things are going up? It just blows my mind. Yeah. So, I mean, just continues to grow and grow and grow. So. Yeah. And I, I mean, there are apartments going in here and there that we don't talk about between six and 20 and there's a hundred and then here's 200 more. And then there's some more on the outside of town. And it's hard to keep track, honestly, which ones we've talked about, which ones we have, because there's so much going up. Uh, cool to give people who you wouldn't necessarily be able to live in this area, the opportunity to live in this area though, because that's, I mean, it's a high rent part of town. This yeah. is not, like yeah. a cheap, so that's that's kind of nice too. It's nice to give people um, a, a quality resource. So, well, and again, if you bring people downtown, the studies suggest too that you're going to have more and more businesses pop up too because those people will want other things too as well. Right. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. So Main Street continues to go up. I mean, we've all got concerns about what what do they call it the, the Rona these days? Yeah. What that's going to do long term to us and our community? But um, here are. <laughs> Our guests showed up, and we're, we're just—it's right. We're giving—we're giving them the thumbs up. So, yeah, we're—we're—we're yeah, we're, uh, we're happy to have Harris Rollinger um, joining us from E4All. You are the director, is that correct? I'm the executive director of E4All Longmont. Yeah, yeah. And please, Harris, forgive me if I pronounced your name incorrectly. So, is the—is it Rollinger? Is that correct? It's Rollinger, actually. Rollinger. Back oh, in the day, sorry. way back when, it used to be spelled with a J, and then they changed it to a G a couple oh. uh, generations. Huh. Yeah, sorry. So oh, I don't know if you know my co-host Brady Steffel, but he we've, is. Uh, we bet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome. So Harris, could you? Um, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Can you give us a little bit of background about yourself, and then also kind of we can roll right into E for All too as well. Yeah, sure. So uh, Harris Rallingram, originally from uh, Lexington, Massachusetts, grew up in Massachusetts, but my family has spent years in Colorado. My grandfather was a small business owner up and down the Front Range for about forty years. My mom went to school here, was raised here, my parents lived here when they were first married, and um, I ended up moving to Colorado about three years ago from Boston, um, partially because of an experience I did called the Millennial Trains Project, where I rode a vintage Amtrak train across the country with entrepreneurs from around the world, and the train went from LA to San Francisco to Denver to Milwaukee to Detroit, and uh, on the leg to Denver, um, just kind of fell in love with, we fell in love with Colorado again, and um, my fiance is a wildlife conservationist. I'll stay away from talking about prairie dogs. Um, and uh, we both found work uh, in Colorado that you know really suited us. She's now a um, nature educator and conservationist for the city of Aurora. 
and I'm the executive director of EFRL Longman and have spent most of, actually all of my career uh, since graduating from Clark University in Massachusetts, um, focused on social entrepreneurship and community transformation. Hey, uh, Harris, before you get into that, can you, uh, before you get more into E4L, can you actually enlighten us? Did you actually, when you say an antique Amtrak chain, train, were you like stoking the fire with coal? I mean, what was going on? No, that, no, so like, this is... Um, ended up with diesel, what were you doing? So, uh, so the, the program uh, MTP, Millennial Trans Project, you had to apply with an idea. So either, you know, as the founder of a startup or as an entrepreneur within an organization and um, I was really interested at that point and still am about how cities and communities are supporting ecosystem building around entrepreneurship and social impact. And my idea was accepted. And then you get basically thrown into a pool um, of applicants whose ideas have been approved. And the first 26 people to crowdfund $5,000 in 60 days get on board the train. And it was sponsored by the Rockefeller Foundation and Comcast, NBC, IDEO, the Design Lab. Um, and it's just a, it's a vintage Amtrak car that was, it was about, I think, three or four cars. So like a living room area where we had like all of our workshops. So we had different mentors for each leg of the trip. So like C-suite people from Rockefeller or from BNSF Railroad. Um, Eric Matisic, the founder of Denver Startup Week, was one of our mentors. Um, we got to meet with the mayor of Milwaukee, mayor of Denver. Um, so one car was the living room. The next car was um, the like the sleeping spaces and then the last car was the bathroom and it hooked on to just regular old Amtrak trains cars. So yeah. you can actually rent these old school vintage cars and just hook them up. Um, yeah. and so this was hooked up, uh, you know, to existing rail lines and we just rode the train um, to all these cities. And um, I personally was, you know, not in charge of driving the train, thank God. But Oh, uh, darn. That would have been I fun. Say yeah. It was, you know, I slept in an old school sleeper car. I'm six foot two. It was a tight squeeze. Um, but it was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. It's too bad they didn't let you use the modern stuff that they relegated you to the old. <laughs> yeah, they relegated. Yeah, I was gonna like have the suspenders and the old time conductor hat, yep. you know, like the the horn, and I was gonna do the whole thing. Oh, that nice, awesome! Totally hey, a pretty cool experience. So fill us in about E for All. So what you got going yeah. on in Longmont with E for All? Yeah, so E for All, we were entrepreneurship for all. We're a national nonprofit. We're actually headquartered in Lowell, Massachusetts. We've been around since 2012. And E4All is focused on helping underrepresented populations start small businesses and startups in communities that are often overlooked for investment. So we decided that, you know, since being up and running since 2012, last year, we decided that, you know, it was time for expansion across the country. We had a replicable model. At that point, we were in six communities in Massachusetts. We're now in eight communities in Massachusetts. And Colorado as a state was a place that really caught our eye. Um, multiple people had told us that that was where we should look to launch our first expansion site. And so I was hired at the time I was working for a hospital system as a full-time consultant and left that role to, to really spearhead E4L's expansion in Colorado. And um, actually I had one of my first conversations was with Eric Zempa. I had spoken to the Longmont Economic Development Partnership and then I met with Eric and um, we were basically just kind of interviewing community leaders to say, you know, where should we go? And we had narrowed it down at that point to Pueblo, North Glen, Aurora, parts of Denver and Longmont. And um, Longmont really came to the table with a ton of partnership um, and was interested in supporting not just, you know, I think Longmont has done a really good job of building up an entrepreneurial ecosystem from everything from Innovate Longmont to Longmont Startup Week. Um, you know, there's a lot of really great activity happening there. 
But what we heard was that they wanted to invest more in traditional Main Street businesses and specifically low to moderate income populations, the Latinx population. And E4ALL runs our program in English and in Spanish. And so what we really specialize is specialize in is providing the technical support, mentorship, and small capital grants between three and $5,000 um, for entrepreneurs to start micro businesses and, and small businesses. So we launch everything from nonprofits to food-based businesses, to financial literacy apps, to landscaping and tree removal, to manufacturing companies, to t-shirt and hats. You know, we're entrepreneurship for all because we're open to all people and all businesses. So at a high level, that's what we're really about. And we actually just uh, last week finished up our first ever accelerator program in Longmont. So you're catching me at a good time. I've got a little bit more time on my hands right now. Fantastic. So you made, um, you know, I was, I was uh, grateful to sit in and one of the pitch I don't, pitch I, nights, I don't yeah. want to even say a pitch contest, obviously that yeah. sounds like Shark Tank or something, like that, but, <laughs> but, and, and you're very clear about making sure that it's not Shark Tank. So you don't want us yeah. to be, nobody wants to be uh, any of the people. Mark, no one wants Tank. to be Mark Cuban. Yeah, not so much. So, <laughs> so tell me like, did you make the awards yet from the. Um, we did. Yeah. We made our, we made our funding decisions. Um, th that's like that. I have to tell you, you know, we spent about an hour and a half um, and we factor in the, you know, the judges scores we factor in, we actually have the entrepreneurs in our accelerator program uh, score each other um, mm -hmm. because we don't want it, the decision to just come from, you know, the judges and you for all staff. We want them to have a voice in helping us decide where the money goes. And, you know, all of the entrepreneurs made just a tremendous amount of progress and it's really hard. We actually will continue to hand out smaller amounts of prize money during our quarterly meetings um, after this, but the first place prize was uh, Mariah, uh, Mariah Inca Products, which is a Peruvian father and son who are brewing gluten-free beer and making gluten-free pastries from uh, ancient grains like purple corn um, and quinoa and amaranth. So they came away with $2,500. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to like, I'm into this because uh, yeah. you probably don't know, but I have celiac disease. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, this one cuts close to the heart here. So uh We'll have to hook you up with Yeah, Brandon. no, I want some of this. I want to know where they're at. So, wanna, um, Harris, I, I knew that this would be of interest to, to Brady because of the celiac disease, but actually, I think it's a really cool. These guys, I was just floored by it. Can you Can you kind of describe a little bit yeah, more Yeah, sure. The so, um, so the father, Manuel, it's Manuel and Brian Tixe. Uh Manuel was going through some health challenges years ago and decided to, to switch to a gluten-free diet and saw the health benefits right away. And so his family really went on this journey with them um, in terms of kind of going through this health transformation. And they went back and really looked at kind of their, um, their ancestral recipes and saw that a gluten-free lifestyle was not only possible, but was actually rooted in ancient Peruvian history. And so they started making uh, these pastries, they started baking their own breads, brewing their own beer, and it's really good stuff. Um, the purple corn beer is my favorite Brady. I will definitely, you know, once physical distancing is over, I will drop some off for you. Um, but the <laughs> I, I very much look forward to that. <laughs> the, the pastries in the beer are just unbelievable. Um, and actually for e for all, we get a lot of food-based businesses. 16% of our businesses have been food-based to date. Wow. Um, wow. so we see a lot of entrepreneurs who are wanting to start food-based businesses. And even now, um, we're gearing up for our summer program. Um, a lot of the applications that I've taken a look at so far for our program um, have been food-based. And I think part of that is because it's an industry that can adapt to a COVID lifestyle, um, to a COVID marketplace, whether that's through delivery um, or through takeout. So that's something that we're anticipating seeing more of. 
Um, and in second place was another food-based business, uh, was uh, Crummy's Meat, Meatless Crumble. Um, it's a woman named Stephanie Bodwin who started her own plant-based meat company. And her uh, tagline is, all of our seven ingredients come from the land, not the lab. Um, if you've ever had a chance wow. to take a, take yeah. a look at kind of the Beyond Meat and yeah. Impossible Burgers, while they are good, there's a lot of chemicals in there. And so Stephanie um, has perfected a seven ingredient recipe that uh, tastes like ground beef in any recipe and it's really damn good. And that's so amazing. She, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. So where is she? Is she based in Longmont or is she based she's, out of? Uh, she's in like the Millican Berthet area. Okay. Um, but, yeah. but I actually met her. Um, you know, one of the things that makes e for all different is that we really spend a lot of time in community. And last summer I was tabling at the Longmont Farmer's Market um, around the corner from La Vida Bella. And Stephanie was the woman in the stall next to me. And we were telling each other about what we did. And she ended up applying for the program because of the relationship we built with the farmer's market. So just to give you a sense, you know, EFRL is really all about community. And, um, you know, that's obviously we're pivoting because of COVID in terms of our recruitment. But I met Stephanie at a farmer's market. And then she just finished our, you know, our three-month program. And she won $1,500 through, you know, our, uh, through our accelerator. And she's ended up in a couple of different supermarkets now. Um, right before this, she was actually about to partner with a couple of different restaurants to get her product into like Hefe's in Longmont. Wow. Um, yeah. One of her mentors is Sean Gaffner, um, the owner of Hefe's, Smoke and Bowls, um, and The Roost. And he loved her product so much that he wanted to put it on the menu. So um, this is the kind of stuff that happens, you know, with our entrepreneurs when they come through our program. Not only, you know, the cash is obviously exciting and, you know, gets them amped, but it's the connections and the learning that they make throughout the program. Like the fact that Stephanie will probably get into her first restaurant or two when this is all said and done. Yeah. Um, because of her connections with Eferal and what she learned. It's awesome. It's really awesome. So let's not go down the smoke and bowls naming thing there, Brady, because I, <laughs> I didn't remember. I didn't know what it referenced. And uh, Brady, Brady teased me at a holiday party because I had no clue. I had to call you over yeah. to make fun of you. I thought that was yeah. just hilarious. I felt bad after the fact. I was like, all right. Hey, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not from Longmont. And the first time I drove past and I saw the sign go up, I was like, oh, that's an interesting name for a marijuana dispensary. But then I was <laughs> But then I, but then I talked to Sean and he told me it was his restaurant. And I was like, oh, That's hysterical. I was, I was talking to Eric. He's just like, oh, Eric, you, you know what that means? And he's like, uh. No, I thought it was like a volcano. It's like they're hot bowls. Of course, that makes sense. Um, smoking bowls. I was like, it's a little on the nose, Eric. He's like, well. Oh, so yeah, Brady said it was on the nose and I had no idea what he was saying. Oh, and I was kind of like politely laughing at the podcast going, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> um, so Harris, again, for our listeners, can you repeat those two award winners again? The name? Yeah. So um, Morai Inca products, M-O-R-A-Y Inca products, and then Crummy's Meatless Crumble um, okay. are two food products. And then in the other two prizes that went out that night were... Um, to Jason and Kimberly Wren with Defywear. They're manufacturing adaptable, adaptable undergarments for people with sensory disabilities. Um, Kim and Jason, just an incredible couple. And then uh, the other prize went to Lauren Jenkins, a Longmont native. Uh, he's the co-founder of Mini Money Management. It's a financial literacy app for elementary school students. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Oh. And uh, budgeting, uh, budgeting skills and financial skills. And he actually released an at-home version because of COVID. So for parents with kids that are trying to teach their kids financial literacy and like, you know, everything from a grocery budget to just what things cost, um, they can download that app and uh, get to using it. So I know that there's a lot of parents out there looking for ways to corral their kids right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you're looking, 
if you're looking for something, definitely check out Mini Money Management. Lauren was just featured, uh, I think, last Thursday in the Colorado Inomac uh, newsletter. So we're very excited for him. Very cool. We'll have some references in our show notes about those organizations awesome. too, as well as well as E for All too. Um, awesome. So what uh, you know? What's your goal? What is your kind of your long term vision for E for All here locally? Yeah. So you know. We, we launched nine business, we worked with nine businesses during our first accelerator and our goal, you know, I'd say right now, so we've pivoted everything online. Um, our accelerator is going to be entirely virtual via Zoom and Google Hangouts, which is going to be new for us as well as it will be for everyone. So we're anticipating some exciting learnings from that. But our goal is to launch 30 businesses a year um, in Longmont and the surrounding communities and to create jobs. Um, in our longest running community in Lowell, Massachusetts, we've launched more than 130 businesses and created more than 400 jobs. And we want to, we want to help create an economy that works for everyone, not to sound like a presidential candidate here. Um, but we really are, you know, we exist to remove barriers for people to start businesses because we believe everyone, regardless of race, educational background, income level, immigration status, uh, gender identity, everyone should have the same opportunity to start a business. And there's been a lot of focus on high tech, high growth startups and unicorns are great. Um, but an engineering job is not attain attainable or a coding job. These high tech skills jobs are not attainable for a lot of people. And so we're trying to, to close that wealth inequality gap by launching businesses that foster inclusive growth, um, growth that works for everyone, uh, where the money can stay in the community and whether, you know, you want to, whether you're an accountant and you want to start your own firm or you're, you know, me, I had, my dream in college was to start my own breakfast food truck um, and serve breakfast, like scrambled egg breakfast bowls. I would be a candidate for E4ALL. You know, if I, if I started something like that and wanted to hire people for my local community, that's what E4ALL is all about, is trying to create jobs um, and create businesses that, um, that really help out the local community. Because I think what we're seeing through this, at least, is that um, when Main Street gets hurt, entire communities, cities, regions, counties, everyone gets hurt. Um, so we're really trying to make sure that, um, you know, when that does happen, that there are other businesses that can grow and, you know, continue to support job growth. Now, you, know, it sounds a little bit like you're trying to run for mayor here. It does sound like he's trying to run for mayor. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. Opportunity for everybody. He's got all the, he's got all the taglines there. Yeah. I've yeah. got zero political aspiration. <laughs> so tell me, um, you know, obviously with COVID you're seeing a, a lot of small businesses being affected by, by what's yeah. going on right now. Like what's your sense about how the startup community is looking and how small businesses are kind of dealing with things? This next round of the PPP program should be really interesting. Um, there's more money earmarked specifically for minority-owned businesses. Um, I just read this morning that the Los Angeles Lakers applied for federal loan money and got approved for it, but then they gave it back. So just, so just in case you thought that this program was working, um, it's not. Um, it's not working for the people it was necessarily designed for. Let me put it yeah. that way. That it's yeah. not working. Um, I think that what we're going to see is you know, whether it's the president or the governor or cities or counties um, saying that they have the power to reopen the economy. This is a personal belief. Again, this is not necessarily held by E4ALL as an organization, so I just want to preface this. Um, I don't think that you can push a button and reopen the economy. I think people will go out when they feel safe. And the majority of Americans right now don't feel safe. They don't want to relax physical distancing guidelines. So even if a barbershop is open, it doesn't mean that they're going to get clients. Yeah. Um, 
you know, Eric, I'm thinking about Teresa Shaheen, who I believe yeah, used exactly. to yeah. the Lux Barbers. Teresa's, you know, co-owns a barbershop with her mom on Main Street Longmont. Just because the governor says it's okay to go to, whether it's to go get a dental cleaning or to go get your haircut, it doesn't mean that people are going to be busting down their doors. Um, I think that what we're going to see is a very gradual reopening of, of things and people feeling safe. I think, you know, it depends if there's a second wave, but I think small businesses are really hurting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the biggest restaurants in Denver have laid off 98 to 99% of their employees oh. in the service industry. And you think about, you know, I'm a sports fan. So I think about, you know, I obviously will am missing live sports, but if you think about not just the impact, you know, a lot of people focus on the coaches and the players, you think about them, but then think about all the other people who are impacted by live sporting events. And even in the Longman area at CU Boulder, um, you know, yeah. if there's no football, there are vendors that make money outside the stadium selling water bottles, even if it's two bucks a water bottle. Yeah. Parking no. attendant, people yeah. who rent out their lawn space for parking. These are all parking attendants, the people who work the concession stands inside the stadium, all of the food suppliers that supply food to these events. Everything is impacted. And so the longer this goes, the worse off people are going to be. At the same time, if they reopen too soon and we have to go through all this again, it's going to be even worse than if we just keep waiting. So the things that we're hearing from small businesses are some are having a really difficult time accessing the PPP program, depending on the bank that they're working with. Which is the payroll protection program, right? Yeah, the payroll protection program. And, you know, it, it really depends on, you know, some people are retiring early. Um, like the the market downtown Denver, which has been around for years, closed yes. down yeah. Street, yeah. 20th Street Cafe. I just read they you know are retiring now two or three years earlier than they were planning. Um, so this is people are making really significant business decisions because of what's going on, and there are some businesses that are flourishing. You know, we're on a Zoom call right now. Zoom sales are through the roof. Um, alcohol, is, you know, alcohol yeah, through the alcohol. roof. Too. Yeah. You know, people are still yes. drinking. Yeah. Um, I can't blame them. Yeah. You know, I think there are some businesses that are, will continue to do well, but there are others, especially low to moderate income individuals and families like the ones that Ephra works with, who, you know, a lot of these people work service jobs or work in the hospitality industry. They're not going to get back on their feet anytime soon. And so my hope is that the federal government and state governments will act um, We'll act a bit more to to make sure that people are protected, whether it's through loan programs for small business owners or the stimulus checks that were sent out. I think there might be there might have to be another round of them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, no, think, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. It's going to be really interesting, and from Brady and I's perspective too. I mean, we're selfish. We love what's been going on with Main Street. Yeah, and you know, for us, the downtown has been really flourishing and on a really nice upward trajectory. Mm -hmm. And to see that threatened is really heartbreaking for us. So we really hope that you know things are back and in with passion. Yeah, I mean, even I was just talking. I was thinking about Stephanie, who I met at a farmers market. There's going to be no farmers markets for as long as I can tell. And so people who generate supplemental income on the weekends or at night after you know after work selling there, whether it's homemade tortillas or Stephanie's plant based meat flowers, artisans, whatever they're doing, if those farmers markets don't go all summer, and then you even think about the farmers who unload a ton of produce at those, yeah. where's all that food going to go? You know, that's a ton of lost revenue for all of these, you know, micro businesses. So you should listen scary. to this podcast. Um, we just talked to, <laughs> to Brian from the, the Boulder Farmers Market. He, oh, yeah? He was talking about those exact same struggles um, and, and how everything's been turned on its head about how they, you know, the, the vendors really want a presence 
in person and some of it has to be done online and some of it has to be curbside and just the way that things have to happen has all changed so much. And yeah. I mean, for your businesses, for them, for everybody working, um, I mean, we all hope for a quick end, but we hope that if, if it's not, that people can hold on. Yeah, and yeah. We're, th- we're, we're, we're grateful to live in a community where we do have a pretty, um, you know, they had to come up with a kind of an online way to have a farmer's market. And so that is actually existing. But again, to your point, I mean, you know, you just don't have the robust crowds and spontaneous shopping. So if you're, if you're exactly. intentionally yeah. going online to do stuff, that's not going to be nearly the volume that you'd have. No, know, it's, it, it won't be. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's a lot of people are going to get hurt. And, um, you know, I only hope that, you know, we come out the other side of this, um, you know, better for it. I, you know, thinking more broadly or from a higher level as someone who's really interested in social change, Eric, I'd be curious from your perspective, you know, being at the community foundation, I think that the other side of this in, you know, two years or three years or whatever, it's going to be really interesting how organizations transform, how communities transform, what they, you know, what we look back and say that we learned from this, because I think that there could be, it's almost an opportunity to reset, you know, for the organizations that make it through that are able to navigate this. Um, you get to kind of take an inner look, whether it's your, your organizational culture, your fundraising model. Um, for years, everyone has said, you know, earned revenue for nonprofits, launch a social enterprise to offset your fundraising. Well, now if your social enterprise isn't open, then you've lost yeah. you know, 50 to 60% of your fundraising. I think in the nonprofit and social impact world, we're going to see, and across all sectors, I think we're going to see a lot of interesting things happen. Um, I would agree. I hope so. I hope there's going to be some innovation and also looking at some sacred cows and just saying, you know, maybe the way we were doing things since we had to do things online, maybe we don't have to have so many meetings. We don't, maybe we don't have to do all this other stuff. Maybe we can do it a little differently. You know, I, maybe that meeting can be an email. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would be wonderful. (laughs) Hey, um, (laughs) all right. So do we have any final thoughts from you, Harris, before we let you go? Uh, I would just say that whatever way, you know, for your listeners, any, any way that they can get out and support local businesses, whether it's ordering takeout or, uh, you know, there are some grocery delivery boxes from local, you know, local farmers, whatever you can do. Um, I've seen firsthand the impact that those purchases make, not just for people's bottom lines and their business, but just for their well-being and mental health and feeling like there's people behind them. So whatever you can do. Um, to support them. I just really encourage you to do that. And if you're interested in learning more about E4ALL, you can go to E-F-O-R-A-L-L.org and learn more. We've got our applications open for our summer program if you're an entrepreneur or looking to volunteer as a mentor and we'd love to have you. Awesome. What Thanks. a great plug for E4ALL at the end. You know, he's our first guest. I think you actually went with the website. You know, that's yeah. pretty awesome. You know? <laughs> a, a proper self-plug. Yeah. Exactly. What well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Usually Usually our guests consist of like sometimes from the city, like uh, longmontlibrary.gov, one, two, three, four, X, five, nine. You know, yeah. I can't finish it. I got to go pick up the kids. It's yeah. Like, well, <laughs> see you later. Exactly. Hey, Harris, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much Thanks for joining us. Brady. Have a good one. Thank all you. Right, you too. Oh, that was awesome to have Harris on from E4ALL. I mean, he is so passionate about the business community. And I think both of, you know, you and I talk about that all the time, about some of the things downtown that are. Yeah we would surely miss if we didn't have um, them around. So yeah, I mean, I, I've met, I've met Harris before and I really felt like in this conversation, I got, I got so much more out of him. That was just like this, this whole other level of him being passionate about what they're doing. It sounds really cool. Um, And he does share a lot of the same concerns that we do. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I worry so much about all of these, this new construction that's going up, people taking all these risks on Longmont and then we're going to have all of this, 
new retail space available. And it's like, oh, cool, we'll have these these neat startups, you know, things that would come through eFrall. And it's like, well, people might say we need to wait another year or five, or we we get shoved back when we had all this march forward. So, um, so I'm 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 hopeful, you know. Yeah, I am too. I really am. Um, you know, I. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It really is. We live in interesting times. That's a gigantic understatement. That's for sure. So, hey, do you have any events that we can talk I've got about? nothing. You said you had a whole I bunch. I do so. have some, yeah. <laughs> so, amazingly, um, you know, remember our, our cheese-making guru? Yes. Yeah, Kate. she's actually doing online classes. Isn't that cool? Is that Kate? So yeah, I think it's Kate. I don't have the name in front of me. I'm sorry. Zero I'm sorry. Zero yeah. It's all right. <clears throat> you look her up. Uh, the cheese making guru of our yeah. fair city and bowl and, and like the country. Basically. The art of cheese. So free, free cheese making 101 online classes where she's going to share the basic science behind cheese making. And she's going to cover basic ingredients, equipment, how to choose and source the best milks and more, which is really cool. So you can just... Um, if you Google free cheese making 101 online class in Longmont, you can find it out and I will have a, a different link to the show notes. But I think that's pretty neat that again, you're looking at ways yeah. people are keeping connected even in this online world. And if you want to get really socially distanced with this thing and also um, support local businesses, you can get your, your morning drop off from the Longmont Dairy. You know, oh, wow, you wouldn't even that's have, cool. that's you right. wouldn't you even have, have to go, go anywhere. Yeah. No, I see all over the place in the neighborhood. I see, uh, I see those coolers on the front. Yeah, people's you know, front step, and then I saw I actually saw the guy delivering at one point. So yeah. pretty cool. You could do that. You wouldn't even have to go to the grocery store. It is really cool. And the other thing too, I think you would know about this, or maybe you haven't heard about it. But bikes and beers, social distancing uh, ride. I have not heard about this. Yeah. So social distancing ride. It actually is going on. I'm trying to um, get here. I want to say it's going on either right now or it's going to start like with a, a matter of days. So actually, I think it starts today. Um, they strongly believe in bicycling as a safe and comfortable and smart choice for transportation and recreation during these trying times. And so they're just asking you to join the ride, stay fit, and receive an awesome rider appreciation package. <laughs> so you can look at that. So what they want you to do is join now, enter the largest virtual ride movement in the country, ride anywhere, any way, and any time. So you can do indoors or outdoors. Mm -hmm. And then access the virtual pro platform to record weekly writing info and win prices. Cool. Yeah. I know that uh, the the chain gang that I, I ride with on Tuesdays, which just had to be canceled, did oh, a wow. they did a Zoom meetup type thing. And I don't care if it was Zoom or a Strava, Zwift, something. They had a, they had a virtual one. Hmm, so okay. not the only group out there that's been. Yeah, doing there's it. lots. Yeah. So this one su this one <laughs> supports craft breweries and COVID nineteen relief. So you know, good causes can't, all around. Can't argue with that. You know, I, I need to get you, a, I need to get a hands on that gluten-free beer, the purple corn or whatever it is. I'm, I'm really into that. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that, that group, I have to say, I heard them pitch. I shouldn't say yeah. that at that uh, E for all um, event. And it was really, they have an interesting product line. That's for sure. So that sounds fun. I, I hope that I can find that and uh, do a bit of exploring. That would be a, a great way to spend some time. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, I, when I heard them talk about it, I automatically thought of you. So, because I think, you know, you're always looking for good options. They talk about the bread yeah. being amazing. The gluten-free bread, so amazing. Yeah. Usually my don't friend, hear those two synonymous. No, so. my friend just <laughs> sent me a link today, uh, an email, and he said, hey, have you tried this this brand of bread? It's it's really good. I don't know if you have it where you're at. And I clicked on the link, and it's like, well, it better be for eight bucks for a loaf of bread. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my lord wow <laughs> yeah and they're like he's like i think you can order some on the, the website so i went and checked it's like you have to order at least four loaves so it's 60 30, cow. 30 32 bucks of bread for four loaves oh, um, wow. he thinks it's good but that's a lot of money to spend on uh, a test run yeah so uh plus local would be awesome i'd love that yeah all right should we close it out let's close it out all right, so we are grateful for our music of the week, which is Ghost Chair by the Taylor Shade Duo, local group here in town. Um, and we thank to all the local groups for giving us their music. And um, also thanks to Andy Epler for our intro music, Nothing But The Rain. And find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you download your podcasts. Reach out to us at info at sidedishlongmont.org. Send us your thoughts, send us your rants, send us your... <laughs> Your hate mail, send us whatever you got. We want to hear from you. Your rants. I know we haven't we received anything from anybody for a while, so you know. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a great weekend, or yeah. week, I should say. Yeah, not quite yet. <laughs> it's Monday. When she left the door ajar Couldn't say for sure but she's doing fine